It's uh, fucking a T3 o'clock. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> well, you just drove across the country, so that's uh, it's your own damn fault. Yeah, well, I, but it was such a good drive, though. Yeah, yeah, it looked good. Yeah, mm, such such illustrious states as uh, Nebraska, my my home state, <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah, the place that like you weren't there for that long. I was there for one year uh, when I was one year old, so I don't oh, remember okay the goddamn thing about it. I, I was, will I was say still though, six foot tall though. Oh, <laughs> I got a lot of questions. Yeah. No, but um, <laughs> yeah, we actually okay. The first night we stayed in Omaha, and which is where you're from. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, it's actually a pretty cool downtown. That's yeah. I've I've actually heard a couple of people say that, and it's it's nice to hear. Like, oh, good. Even without me there, they're you know they're chugging along. They're they're doing all right. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of chugging, we went to uh, a place called Upstream Brewery, mm. which was like okay. Well, the, the, it was the first day that we were on the road, and we clocked something like eight hours of driving. Wow. We get there, we get settled. The hotel itself, I'll get to a fucking second, but who? Um, we showed up and we're both just starving. Uh, so like we get like just, they had like, I don't know, uh, brewery food. Mm -hmm. So it was like fish tacos and that sort of thing. And it was all delicious, but I had a beer that I shit you not tasted like orange soda. Nice. Was it, was it a sour citrus sour beer or something? No, it was straight. It was like, it was like tang with fizz. (laughs) It was so good. Um, but yeah, that in the hotel, like I sent you pictures and it was just yeah. like, it was an apartment. It was dumb. Yeah. That hotel is bigger than my apartment. Uh, it yeah. looked like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, like we drove, God, it was, uh, four days long, 2,300 miles. Wow. Yeah. It That's was great though. Um, I took, I think like four or 500 photos. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, it, like I did, and then like we would like switch yeah. off driving, so it was only like half of the driving. She took like another you know, few hundred photos. Yeah, I took. I mean, I took the south route when I, you know, I moved from out from Florida out here, and for this job, I, I you know, drove cross country uh, by myself, and that was the most like uh, spiritual moment of my life. Just like <laughs> six days not seeing anybody, just driving through a desert. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was awesome. So I, I'd do it again. It sounds like fun. Yeah, I want to do it again, just not with like a bunch of shit in the car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I when I moved out here, I basically had <laughs> literally everything I owned in my little four door sedan. Uh, Gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and then parked it on the streets of San Francisco with everything I owned in it, and did oh not get anything stolen, which is I learned later was miraculous. Yeah. No kidding. Like, uh, well, we stopped. We didn't stay for the night, but we stopped to get some food in Salt Lake, and. Like we had a you know park in like a parking garage, get dinner and everything. And while we we're walking away, I'm like, we have a lot of stuff in here. <laughs> I like, I know I'm from Sanford or live in San Francisco, I'm not from here, but like, I just have this weird feeling yeah. like it's not gonna be here. But yeah, you were in the Midwest, so you're you're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was fine. We were gone for like an hour, hour and left a half. The you left it on top of your car, probably. Yeah, uh, I think the only thing that saved me was my car was so covered in dirt and shit from driving. 3,000 oh, right. miles. Yeah, that was, that also you, that was your old car. Yeah, it was my old, old, uh, not a, not a piece of shit, but, uh, it looked like a piece of shit because it was covered in dirt and <laughs> like I had driven through snow and like all kinds of shit. It was just a disaster and you could barely see through the, uh, back windows. So, uh, that's probably the only reason my shit didn't get stolen. God. My computer and gaming consoles and 
everything. God. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, um, so she has a dealer back at home. <laughs> uh-huh. That does video games. Uh, uh, in addition to other things. Yeah, you know, sure. Else, why you know, not? You know, you do a little bit of games, do a little something else, whatever. It's yeah. the Midwest. What else are you going to do? <laughs> uh, it's, that that would be a one-stop shop. But uh, he has, a, like, a bunch of old stuff. Mm. And what's nice is that he doesn't just, like, get something off of somebody, like an old, like, NES game and just, like, hand it off to the next person. He actually, like, he makes sure that it works. He cleans everything. He'll actually, like, open stuff up and make sure that it's, like, good to go. Mm. Which is really cool because, like, you don't see that very often, yeah. especially in the Midwest. And... Uh, so I came with a list and like, he knew that we were coming ahead of time. Like he, like she texted him like, Hey, we have a list. Like, do you have this stuff? Hey, was... meet, meet me on the corner at, at midnight under the streetlight with you your get, video games. You got what I'm looking for. <laughs> um, and yeah, like I totally lucked out cause he had, you know, it's not, it's pretty dinged up, but he had a copy of the original Zelda, like oh, the nice. gold cart. Yeah. Um, he had a bunch of other stuff for NES. Like I got a second copy of Fester's quest. <laughs> Which okay. is a fantastic game. I got that first uh, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Mm. That's impossible. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so you know, a bunch of that, like Simpsons games. I got uh, a copy of Resident Evil 3. But then I also got that attachment for the GameCube to play Game Boy games. Oh, yeah. Which are actually really hard to come by with having not only that, but also the disc that you have to put in to be able to get everything to run. Oh, it's got like an o- like a weird OS you have to run. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Or a shell Game. Yeah, so oh. um, like he had all that stuff. It wasn't that expensive. Like a lot of the NES games were like five or ten bucks. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so I feel like I totally lucked out. But I was thinking about that every time we exited the car. <laughs> oh, not my video games. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't care about my clothes <laughs> or like any like her valuables, whatever. <laughs> but that fucking like GameCube attachment. Yeah. Um. But yeah, everything got home, and she also got like. Four Ratchet and Clank games. Okay. So, oh, is she a Ratchet, Ratchet and Clank person? I never yeah. have. Been. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever played any of them. Yeah, neither have I. I was, I like, out of all that sort of like PlayStation stuff, I played Spyro. I, yeah, I was a big Spyro guy. Yeah. Um, so. But yeah, my, my retro, I, I was actually, I went down a retro gaming, well, I, I guess it counts retro gaming hole this, this week was uh, I installed MAME because I don't know. I, was bored, I guess. And, uh, well, mainly I installed MAME because, uh, we went to a, a guy at GameSpot had his birthday party at a, at a barcade around here and, uh, they had a blitz machine and I fucking love blitz and yeah. our blitz machine in the office has been broken for quite a while. The, the monitor is broken. Oh, that's why I don't see Steven over there anymore. <sighs> yeah, I know. That was my, that was the only game I played in the office. Uh, I love blitz, but I'm not great at it. Uh, I'm okay at it, but I played Chris on our team uh, who's been on this podcast before, and uh, he beat me. <laughs> and I did not like that because it was bullshit. Like, the way he beat me, if you're listening, Chris, it was bullshit. <laughs> the fumbles, I, I just kept fumbling. I couldn't, I, there's some, uh, so there's something I don't understand about Blitz, and it's the, like, the fumble, like, when you need to stop turboing for it to be less of a chance. Anyway, so let's just say, I was like, I need to study up. I need to. Yeah. So I installed MAME and I installed Blitz 99 on MAME. And I was playing Blitz with an Xbox controller on my PC. Uh, this I'm is going to get good at Blitz. <laughs> this is the ultimate Russell. He just played you once, beat you, and it's just like it's bothered you ever since. <sighs> it, it did. Not that not that like losing in games is, is, that, is that bad. It, it was the way it happened. <laughs> it was the way it happened that it was like, just couldn't, just couldn't take it. 
okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to play you again. And uh, I'm going to be practicing. So be ready. <laughs> so when you lose again. <laughs> no, whatever. It's more It's more the uh, the fact that I always play the Jaguars in that game. And just seeing, you know, the Jaguars lose a game, even a virtual one, just Oh, it's hurts. like real life. It just hurts. I know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Blitz has always been my fantasy world because it's back in the day when we had Mark Brunel. And, uh, sorry, uh, I'm not going to get into football. I'm yeah. not going to get into football, but it's back in the day when the Jaguars were good. Yeah. Uh, anyway. You should do another podcast. <laughs> the Jagcast. <laughs> the Jagcast. I could just be in the background just like listening. Yeah. That's it. Anyway. Oh, oh hey, what's uh, the podcast? What's yeah. Up? Uh, Giant Fcast. Hey, I'm, I'm Will. I'm Dan. Uh, yeah, sorry. That was a long intro. <laughs> uh, this, this is what we call a, uh, what do they call that? The, um, late title card. Sure. The very late title card. Uh, the cold something. Cold open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're here to talk about development, uh, programming design stuff on giantmob.com. <sighs> Making shit. Yeah. Yeah. We so. made some shit this week. Well, uh, actually for a few weeks. Well, well, well we've been while. making shit for a while. We released it this yeah. week. Well, we released some stuff last week, some stuff this week. Since the last podcast, we've made a bunch of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because there was actually a lot of, like, stuff that people would notice. I feel like we actually, like, I don't know, we push a lot of stuff that's either bug fixes or, like, improvements to, like, performance. Like, a lot of that sort of stuff that people, like, don't see. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of stuff this time around because we put out that new update for the episode page, Mm -hmm. which was actually a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the episode page was one of the more it was it was pretty contentious with the redesign mainly because you know there was that big old full width thing and and the it was kind of a little hard, it was hard to like read the text while the video was playing you'd have to pause it you know just if you wanted to see the the deck or who was in the video stuff like that so yeah um so you you came up with a new design for that yeah we had something that like i don't know i guess probably the best word for it is more sober like there was a lot of grand ideas that we had for the original one mm-hmm. and this one is just very practical um it works well with everything else on the page yeah um so i mean the first thing that we did was to like get everything to align with all the other content mm-hmm. uh, and then we added more information off to the side of it uh, so it kind of feels like the thing that's on the home page right uh, we call it the top slot but it's like the big thing at the top of the yeah. page um so we actually had we added in more info into that as well uh, I feel like it was like right. We finally got the wiki items in there. Yeah. We got the we got the full staff and crew. Uh, all the episode notes are now will now scroll if they get too long. We had some issues with that. Basically, the video overlay became tough to deal with, uh, especially when we had all that. You know, technically, it was it was kind of hard to get that overlay to work and scroll and display content properly and have the right Z index. Like when you know, there's a bunch of layers of stuff on there. And it's on top of the video. So um, so this just made it a little easier to squeeze a lot more information in. Yeah, that last one was a lot like an ogre. Um, <laughs> like, okay, so kind of stepping back, the whole, the whole vision behind the original one is that if anybody's ever used something like uh, the Amazon video player, if you watch a movie or a TV show or yeah. anything like that, it has some, this the, thing called the X-ray feature. And what's nice about it is that, um, like, while you're watching the thing, like, little tidbits like little bits of info will pop mm-hmm. up uh when it's relevant so uh like if uh, like daniel craig in a uh 007 movie is doing a thing they'll pop up mm-hmm. off to the side yeah like pop up video yeah uh <laughs> and, like when we were thinking about that 
um, that idea came to mind, and I thought, holy shit, we have this wiki full of stuff. What if eventually this could be like this grand thing where like there's this reference to something in the wiki, you could bounce off and go and do that. Yeah, like when they start playing a game on UPF, if you could have that game pop up, you know, Amazon X-Ray style, like here's the game they're playing now. Yeah. Obviously, we need more data, but you were trying to like kind of build a, a foundation for that, right? Yeah, um, and I mean, after we actually dealt with it in real life with real people in real situations, what we found was that just like that eh, was probably way more ambitious than what we could actually handle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, maybe we could try something like that in the future. Sure. Yeah, but. we have we have big ideas like oh, we'd love to integrate the wiki more with our content, you know, like not just have a list to the side of stuff that's in there, but you know. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about that internally. Like, how could we, you know, when Jeff's talking about lasagna, like, how could we have a link to the lasagna page on Giant Bomb? Because there's a recipe there and you should try it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, st- I actually want to try that recipe. Yeah, we, should, too. we should try that recipe. Fuck, I should just do it. That should be a stream. That. We we should just like do a cooking cook lasagna stream. There's that stupid kitchen that nobody ever uses in the office. Wait, we still have the kitchen? I think the kitchen's still there. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's like in the corner. Yeah. I, I hear about it. I don't have a key to it, so I don't know. Either that or we just do some fucking thing somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, video player. Uh, that's where we landed. So we decided that we we're going to take a step back and just have something that just functions. And you don't have to stress about it. And you don't have to like fiddle with it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of there. It's very familiar to other stuff that's around the internet. Yeah. And we you use some of the like, you know, the cool design layouts where like there's the there there's like the kind of blurred out like image of the show kind of behind so it's got that kind of cool like frosted look and if there's no we we pull colors from the images for the show to to show in the background and stuff yeah yeah so we actually like yeah it's such a cool little feature um i didn't think that it would actually be possible for us because i thought it was super complicated but it's just like where we upload a video into the cms and then it just pulls out uh different kinds of colors out of it it's like six different versions yeah it just takes kind of primary colors from it and and kind of gives you like a palette to choose from it's like Mm. what's the what's and it's like starts with the darker ones and goes a little lighter of like different different colors that it pulled out of there yeah yeah and like something that's super important too with that specifically is that we want to pull out colors that still were dark enough where white text could be readable on it yeah uh because we don't want something that's like a neon green and Mm -hmm. then it's white text and all everybody's eyes are bleeding yeah um so uh, full disclosure, I, we didn't write that code because because I'm bad at math. Turns out <laughs> <laughs> that's probably something I shouldn't admit on like a, a public live stream is, you know, the, the head of engineering for a site well, is bad uh, at math. But I listen, mm. I'm good at math for programming stuff. But when it comes to like choosing colors and like doing all the math that indicate it like to, to Honestly, pull out specific palettes of colors, I'm like, eh, it's not kind of math. I'm it's into. bullshit math. <laughs> like, OK, OK. Fun fact. Uh, they try to add in math into design and it's all bullshit. Uh, like there was this whole thing that they were just trying to just like cram into our heads back in undergrad that, uh, if you want an easy way to be able to do like a, a type hierarchy. So you have like something that actually mm-hmm. like seemed good. So you had like big strong text and then like, you know, like readable right. text and all they that use, sort like of thing. the Fibonacci sequence or something. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Why? <laughs> Like, I don't know, after years of like doing different like type sets and everything like that, I looked back at it and I was like, oh, I, I get it. It's exponential. So it get ex- gets, oh, I'm so rustled, gets exponentially <laughs> larger, which is kind of good for like what you want to do. Or you could just fucking pick a number that looks good. 
full disclosure on this podcast, it's uh, it's almost 6 p.m. on a Thursday, and uh, we decided to get a six pack of beer before doing this. So we're gonna we're gonna be ranting a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's also Thursday, and yeah, man. We're uh, just some some more background. We're also uh, today is our code freeze for E3, so we've been pushing to get some E3 code out, and uh, yeah. we are code frozen as of now. So it's also this... sixteen and a half days out. Yes, mm. that's true. Well, uh, yeah, at the point of us recording this. Yes. <laughs> video page. Anyway, back to video page. Woo, that's yeah tangent. So um, we did that. Um, there's going to be more stuff that we eventually add to it, just like anything on the site. It's just a matter of like, we need to figure out what, at what point are we going to improve what thing on the site? Right. Uh, but Dan, I have one question for you. Why do you hate Embiggen and why did you get rid of it? <laughs> uh, I don't hate him. <laughs> no, that that was the main yeah. that was the main feedback we got from this, and uh, yeah, we we don't hate Embiggen or wanted to get rid of it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's still on Gamespot. Uh, like the the video player still supports it. Um, we just so we took from the from the full width player that went full width that was already embiggened right on the on the redesigned site, and then we brought it back down, mm-hmm. and uh. We are going. Or we want to bring it back, but it was a matter of well, we need this episode page out for E3. Mm-hmm. You know, it's another feature that we have to add in. We'll try and get it in. We didn't get it in time because um, in Biggin, it's a little, it's it's deceptively a little complex because you have to like move all those elements that are on the side. You have to move them down somewhere else, and you got to move a bunch of crap around on the page. Yeah, um, and we just hadn't thought enough about that to to do it right. Um, so we have the fill browser in there. I know that doesn't satisfy all users who want to like, uh, it to embiggen and, and not fill up the entire browser screen and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like there's two parts of this. One is, uh, the embiggen stuff. We already have some ideas around, um, like I already made up several different options Mm -hmm. based off of like complexity of how hard it's going to be, or it's not how hard, how much effort we're going to have to put into, able to put something out there like Mm -hmm. there's a version that we could probably just kind of plug and chug and we can go there's the other one where it's like it handles a lot of the other data that we added in much more elegantly Mm -hmm. it's all a matter of like how quickly we want to be able to like provide this to other people Mm -hmm. um so that's one part is that yeah we've definitely thought about it when we're able to take care of it because e3 is right around the corner then we're going to do that yeah uh the other part is something that I hope it becomes more obvious over the next few weeks and and months is that um, the stuff that we're making is going to be, the stuff that we're shipping is going to be much more iterative than what we used to do because we used to do very recently, like big monolithic chunks. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's some pros and there's a lot of cons to it. Like the pros is that like when you put it out, it's a new experience. Yeah. We wanted to do that with the site redesign because if you're doing a full site redesign, if you do that incrementally page by page, one, it'll feel weird. And two, it's not as special. It's not as like, I don't know. I, that's something I felt really good about. I know there, I know there were some people who were like, you know, there were parts of the redesign they hated and, and we still get comments like that. Like when's the old site coming back and all that, you know, just anytime you change something, yep. uh, which we understand, like, you know, people have been on the giant bomb has been the same for like, you know, I mean, pretty much the same for like 10 years. Like it hasn't changed that much. So, like we get the the adver- like being adver- averse to change, but um, but at the same time, like people have been around that long, they kind of deserve a brand new. They want to. We want to show that Giant Bomb is not 
just the same old thing and it'll kind of just keep cranking on the same way. Like we want to show that, no, we're still reviving this. Like this is an active thing that we're building constantly mm-hmm. and we want to give you a full new experience and, and try to, and we'll iterate it a, as we've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, we felt like, I mean, from the, from Jeff to the, to the to business, Dave, to the product, Joel, the product guy to us, like we want to, we want to keep giant bomb alive and, and we don't want to just do the same old thing forever because we want to keep evolving it. Right. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's think, also yeah. like taking a step back and thinking about things like, okay, in big is actually a really, really good example because mm-hmm. we had this tiny teensy little version of Andre mm-hmm. that you clicked on in my head. I'm like, motherfuckers like 20 feet tall in real life. <laughs> well, he was, why is he this dinky little thing? Like he should actually be big on the site. <laughs> so it's like not giving back the Andre button, but it's more like, how do we fit all these different pe- like pieces yeah. back in the site that actually makes sense? Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. yeah, so we're not doing those. Sorry, sorry I, that was kind of a derailed point, but yeah, we're not yeah. doing uh, these monolithic things anymore. Cause we did that. We, we gave you the whole new experience. Now we're iterating. So now we're, mm-hmm. you know, we gave you a new homepage top slot, right? that that released a while ago now we're we're we redid the episode page and we think the new episode page is really good but okay we need him big so we're going to iterate on that and do more um we we have new carousels which is the other big thing we uh well not new carousels but very really changed carousels that that yeah. uh, just went out this week too Ooh, yeah the code changed a lot i think for for people on the outside it seems like pretty minimal stuff and that's mm-hmm. kind of the point um under the hood whew. A lot, a lot of shit changed. Yeah. But, um, yeah, actually for those, I, okay, what's live now? Uh, we added in uh, different controls. Mm-hmm. So on the previous version, which was like earlier today, we had basically like paddles mm-hmm. on the left and right side. So if you wanted to go back and forth, you'd have to move your mouse or whatever it may be to the opposite side mm-hmm. and back and forth and back and forth. And I'm one of those people that kind of goes back and forth. So mm-hmm. it got really tedious. Uh, now they're just right next to each other. So if you want to go back and forth, it's right there. It's also more condensed. So uh, everything, for example, on the homepage actually becomes more condensed and more mm-hmm. compressed. So there's, uh, if it just feels more dense. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the problems that I feel like everybody had with the homepage when we first put it out is it, it just felt too spacious. Right. Um, so, and we've been slowly increasing the number of items in each carousel and the mm-hmm. and the typography of those carousels, right? And and yeah, yeah, which changed pretty significantly recently too. Yeah, and uh, like we're, we're doing little details, like uh, if something's premium, then you just see a little star in the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you hover over it, it says premium next to it, mm-hmm. so it's not taking up a bunch of space when you're just browsing around. Yeah, uh, that can get kind of repetitive, kind of super repetitive. Um, so it's a lot of little details at this point that we're picking and choosing to do. Like we can't fix everything on the site. Fix being a loose term. Mm. Um, but I don't know. Improve. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah, but I, I just think just realize that what's going on in the site now is we're taking feedback and, and building smaller changes. So you don't have to like think you're shouting into a void about things for like months as we develop new things. Like, yeah. you know, we're slowly improving it and you know, a new and will be part of that. And if, if something else proves weird about these carousels you know we'll we'll address that too but um yeah it's constant constant improvement yeah oh yeah um it's actually coming out next week probably or some more updates because we had some thoughts around how we do hover stuff yeah for carousels uh it's going to be really cool uh but i'll just leave it at that because it's not shipped i don't want to talk about it unless it's shipped yeah Uh, so um 
I mean, there's, yeah, there's bukus of little things. Um, and I actually, I was answering some questions uh, on the forum earlier. And it's just like people asking stuff about typography mm-hmm. and um, like the admin actually had a lot of questions and, you know, suggestions and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my answer is basically like there's big, like medium, small projects that we, we work on uh, and we're kind of doing it one piece at a time. We're not going to keep doing the, like these big mm-hmm. uh, updates because we're not going to keep redesigning the site. That's yeah. just the way it is. But, you know, like there's things like uh, we're still working on things around colors. Um, I'm actually super excited about that one. Um, we, we have some of the carousel updates that are going to come out soon. So it's like, depending on what it is, is we have a different answer for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, wow, shit. I, like design-wise, I have stuff lined up for like, I don't know, like three or four months. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Uh, time as a construct. I don't know anymore. <laughs> Who knows what's happening? Yeah. Until but, E3's over, I don't have a concept of time anymore. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Um, and I'm also wrapped up on a lot, eh, like most of the graphics for E3. Yeah. Dan's been doing all the graphics for E3, which I think look rad. So you'll look for those on the, the GB shows and on the GB homepage. We've yeah. got a whole new E3 presentation this year. Obviously, we have a whole new site. So yeah. uh, the homepage will be a whole new thing for E3. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Check out the new uh, the new graphics and the new presentation, all that stuff. So, just gonna say, theme for the year, LA sunset. It's gonna be great. <laughs> LA sunset. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot of those fixes, but fixes, improvements, yada yada. Uh, but we have even more that we did. Recently. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna rattle off some some stuff because you know we we've done we do a lot during you know it's been like three weeks or so since the last podcast we. We were going to do one last week, but I was out sick or something. I forget. Uh, I was also out. Well, yeah. Anyway. Totally out. (laughs) Yeah, we we sometimes miss these. But uh, anyway, so we've gone through a lot of stuff, but I'll I'll just rattle them off here real quick. Um, People having Chromecast issues um, and stuttering again. uh, We've fixed that again. Uh, You know, regression testing. It's it's fun. Um, We're doing a lot of behind the scenes video changes. A lot, a lot. Um, so those people complaining about buffering and stuff like that too, that's going to be addressed real soon. We were trying to get it in time for E3, but it's so many moving pieces and so, okay. Like, I feel like the conception is that with the stuttering, buffering, all that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff, like it's, it's solely on us and that's not the case. Like there's a lot of like pieces. Yeah. So just, I mean, just some background on the Chromecast stuttering stuff. Uh, it's literally Chrome, Chromecast can't handle so it starts happening when, you know, Vinny wants to send 60 FPS at an 8,000K bit rate. It's like, okay, uh, let's go. And we, we test it on different devices, and then we release it, and then, oh, shit, Chromecast can't handle, or certain versions of Chromecast can't handle oh, that's right. that bit rate and that frame rate. So we're like, shit, so we need to regression test. And then we need to do, like, okay, what can older versions of Chromecast handle versus new ones? And it's like, okay, so now we have to start sending reduced video bit rates to specific versions of Chromecast. Um, and then with this one specifically, um, we basically accidentally broke the, the sniffing for Chromecast that, that, um, that could tell which Chromecast could get which video. Um, and we started sending the, the too high of a bit rate video to Chromecast and it couldn't handle it. Oh, um, so that's all that was, uh, but, um, but then, so, so, so that was on us. That was something we broke. Um, Chromecast couldn't handle the video we were sending it. And and uh, anyway, so, but there's other stuff like buffering of video. Like, unfortunately, there's not much 
weak as engineers can do about that. You know, we can we can tweak things like if you if you're familiar with HLS video, you can tweak um you know, you can tweak the segment size, right? So mm-hmm. HLS video is it's just one video cut into tiny little two second or four second or ten second chunks, right? And the larger those chunks, the less um, buffering you have because you have to do fewer requests to line up a video, right? Like if you're if you're getting you know sixty seconds of video, and you have ten second segments, then that's six requests, right? If you have four second or two second segments, that's that many more requests. And that's that many more requests that can go wrong, that you have to replay. That's more, you know, just the more requests in a browser on a slow connection, the the harder it can be. So, um, and the less, and, and then you have like the buffer, the frame buffer, like how many of these frames do you keep in buffer before you send them to the user, right? How, how far ahead do you look? Mm. But so there's a trade-off, right? You can either have, like we could give you live streams that don't buffer. If we add a like minute long uh, delay, right? So now you're in chat, and add on to that the already we already have a delay because of all video encoding and all this other shit. So add on another minute or two minutes of buffer time, like on our side, like waiting for those video segments to line up. Um, but we think we'd rather have you guys closer to the live stream, right? Okay. So, yeah. so if they create a poll, it's not it doesn't appear on your live stream like ten minutes later. Like that's not a live stream anymore. You're just watching a slightly archived video, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. I mean, anyway, like, so there's these trade offs that we, and at some point we're hamstrung by our CDN, right? That was the thing that I was like kind of uh, alluding to because we could do about as much as we can on our end, but we also like, we have to depend on third party right. uh, folks. There's like, there's also just issues with per device mm-hmm. things like what you were talking about with like per Chromecast issues. Yeah. So like there's so many different variables across the board. So like some, some of the times, sure, we could totally take care of that. That's not an issue. Mm-hmm. Like if there was like a weird bit rate for one of the um, like quality settings, yeah. sure. We can kind of like, fiddle with that but we can only do so much yeah and then yeah and then things change constantly and then so that's just to say you know i know we don't want to pass the buck because we can't just say like, well it's our cdn sorry uh not our problem like that's shitty for our users and that's not a valid thing so yeah we're working on various techniques to speed that up and put you know different things in front of the video that will will help that you know different diagnostic tools but anyway we have a large overhaul of that that we're working on so uh like i said we were really trying to get in for e3 we just didn't feel comfortable because beyond anything we want to deliver the video for e3 that's the most important thing (laughs) that's kind of what we do and we have a time-tested method we've done for years uh whether that buffers for some users or not uh for the vast majority it works and that's kind of our number one priority e3 and we didn't like where the the new stuff was yet yeah. Um, and we would have had, we would have been rushing, uh, to get that out. So, um, mm. uh, post E3, look for a lot of video improvements. Um, but that being said, Chromecast fix did go out. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something. um, but I mean, like, I feel like that would equate to when you did the new chat stuff, if that was like a month before E3, right. You would not have shipped that for E3 right, because exactly. that's like way too close. It's not tested. Yeah. The, so the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know, whatever the hell that saying is. But yeah, yeah. It, you know, if you have a system that has some flaws and then you have a brand new untested system and you have a big event coming up, you just can't like, yeah. you know, I'm, I don't want to be in the E3 war room 
like debugging shit and trying to get the video to work on a brand new system. Yeah, I was going to um, say that like sweating in the war room, but that's not a concept because it's <laughs> always like 30 degrees in there. Yeah, it, either freezing in the war room or sweating in the GB hotel room. Yeah, either way, it's, yeah. it's you know. Um, so Can't anyway. wait for that in a couple of weeks. No, hey, I'm um, looking forward to it actually. So... Yeah, we have that. And then there was some stuff around the iOS video yeah, experience. I, iOS 12 released a bunch of updates uh, it, in regards to full screen video. Um, so uh, I've had a lot of people complaining to me about that. That will be f- fixed or is fixed. Did we get that out today? <laughs> I, Great I, am in, question. I am in an E3 haze. Um, it is not out, but it should be out on... Uh, I think our next, uh, I think we do have one more build that we need to do. So before E3, that'll get out. So anyway, that's, uh, another thing we're working on. Cool. Yeah. And then you also did some infinite updates, uh, in the past couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I talked about this on Twitter a little bit and I was trying to remember if we talked about this in the podcast, the last podcast, I don't think we did. Um, but we got some fun new features in infinite. Um, the first one being, uh, a mystery box option in the polls. Um, so you know, if you don't like the other options in the poll, you can, or if you just want to roll the dice, you can vote for a mystery box, which is a random sixth option that could be anything. So, uh, oh, dang. for those of you who want to gamble, uh, you can gamble. It could be a 16 hour drum marathon. Wait, 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 wait. They're, they're passing a bill about fucking loot boxes. Is this, is this legal? <laughs> uh, it doesn't cost money yet. Oh, dang. No, I'm just kidding. It's okay. We're not going to turn We, we got to get that, uh, <laughs> those giant coins in here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, mystery box option, um, a fun little thing that I, I thought was cool the, a little chat mood overlay. Some people were complaining that it was overlaying oh, there, it's, but it's so large. It's <laughs> so big, but I like it. I like, I like the chat. That, that it, was sarcastic. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Um, I just want, I want the chat to be able to influence the stream. Like before you, you know, you pick the videos, but now you can choose the, the gif to, encapsulate all of your emotions on the current video i mean like okay so i think it's a way more reasonable version of what used to be on uh or i guess still is on periscope where you get like the little hearts thing and they just fucking flood the thing like if everybody's doing that we basically say like everybody's doing this yeah periscope's like fucking hearts (laughs) everywhere yeah i didn't want to do that but yeah uh, a beautiful moment happened the other day, uh, and it's on the subreddit, I think. Um, oh, no. <laughs> the uh, the UPF came on where they're playing that Inca people game, and that Inca, and then Jeff has the, like, head-bobbing dance. <laughs> Sorry, I'm doing that. You can't see that on the microphone. He, he's doing this, like, head-bobbing dance to the da- Inca people song, Yeah. and that quick look, play, or that, that UPF played, and uh, everybody in chat, there's a screenshot of everybody in chat doing the Inca people thing, and then on yep. stream... Jeff's doing the Inca people thing, and then there's a the little gif in the corner that's doing it too. That was a good moment. Yeah, that's real good. It's moments like that that like, okay, infinite's all right. Like, <laughs> infinite's a good thing. Um, the fucking uh, chicken wire duct tape <laughs> set up for infinite. Just fucking just knock, great. Knock on wood every morning that that thing stays up. Yeah. <sighs> oh, and then uh, one other thing we added uh, to that is um, this will happen every now and then, but staff can now queue up a video if we want if we so i well, multiple right or is it yeah you one? can queue up a whole playlist as a staff member so um yeah so I, i've done it a couple times i've hopped on there and queued up a new video that just came out or uh some dumb video that i wanted to force everybody to watch uh so mm-hmm. so look for that if a staff member hops in and if if you get a poll that all of a sudden has one option uh <laughs> that's that's me or one <laughs> of the other staff 
<laughs> forcing you to watch a video. So. Uh, we should update it though. So every time that, that happens, it's actually tagged with the person that chose it. It should it should display that. It saves it in the back end because reasons. I wanted. <laughs> There needs to be accountability. There's some people on staff that <laughs> we need accountability for. Let's just put Leah. Name and names. <laughs> um, oh, cool. Shit, that, that was actually a lot of stuff for Infinite. Just kind of one. Yeah, go. yeah, that was me just kind of, I wanted, I had a little side time, so I just kind of built some some stuff for that, so. Yeah. And um, then um, just generally, there's a lot of performance stuff that the guys yeah, are working on. Yeah, uh, a lot of back-end performance. So if you notice, the site is you know, a few hundred milliseconds faster or even a second faster. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of work. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're welcome. Huh? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in prep for E3, we don't want it. Uh, we don't want it to go down during E3. So uh, we had redesigned the whole site. And until you get a redesign in front of people, uh, in front of real traffic, you don't catch all the performance things. So we we took some time and the site is uh, percentage points faster. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Those add up, so. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I, I feel like we even discount it internally, but I feel like a lot of the work that we do around the big events is around performance. Like, it's, it's yeah. not new features. It's making sure that we could actually serve this. Yeah, we spend a year developing new stuff, and then it's like, you know, we do performance testing on the, around, but, you know, E3, in some cases, triples our traffic, you know, and all of a sudden tripling your traffic, or when a live stream starts or ends, we get floods of traffic, people coming in or leaving, uh, leaving, you know, chat and going to the homepage or something like that. Um, so we just, you know, we, we do all kinds of caching and stuff, but, uh, until you start throwing the traffic at it, uh, it's, it's hard to tell. And we use all kinds of tools, um, uh, to load test on our own. Uh, so we've been doing that, but yep, yeah. Yep. And then aside from that, it sounds like, um, Jason's been doing a lot of stuff around just old videos. Yes. So, okay. uh, this is kind of one of Jason, who is one of the video engineer or the video engineer, really the main video engineer on our team, yeah, he, who does he's the video guy. Yeah, he's the video guy. Uh, he does. He's he's had a side project of wanting to revive a ton of old GameSpot videos. Like GameSpot has videos going back to like the late '90s, but they're all encoded in like weird ass formats. Isn't that like in like FLV or some shit? Oh, yeah, there's that? a bunch of FLVs. There's a bunch of just MPEGs, like not MPEG MP4, just like MPEG. There's a bunch of MOVs. Like there's a bunch of just garbage <laughs> formats in <laughs> fucking dust off your real player. Son. I think I saw a WMV like stored in our video database. I'm like, why? Who was? How? When did that ever play on the site? Who did that? Oh um, my god! So he's he's had a like side project. Uh, he's he basically has had a a cron job running in the background, constantly converting old videos in these weird formats. Um. So what I my goal eventually is to do some kind of retrospective on like the golden you know the old golden age of of GameSpot when jeff was back was there and ryan like when all the whole crew the whole giant bomb crew was there i just want to get all those videos together and either i don't know find some way to show them somewhere or, or showcase them somewhere but uh yeah. we're reviving those so if you go back to some old shit on GameSpot, uh a lot of it will work now some of it we're still working through but I think that's a cool, cool thing. Like if you go to those, all those old video reviews and oh that's, it's God. all great. Uh, okay. This is a bad question. What about mm -hmm. on the homepage? A carousel surprise. <laughs> um, this day in GameSpot, but the, you like cut it off at a certain year. Yeah. I, I, uh, ah, that might be weird. Yeah. I'd like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how, unfortunately, cause the content is in two different 
systems, right? There's the GameSpot yeah. systems, Giant Bomb system. So we need a way. To, we've done that before. It's not like we can't do it. Um, but yeah, we just have to come. I, I think I just I think I have a way to do that, though. <laughs> but yeah, we literally should. all it takes is a question and Corey's life. That's all it fucking takes. That's, that's how this speaking of which I'm just going to do this now. Uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, uh, old videos on GameSpot are coming back. We're, we're bringing them back. Nice. That's actually exciting. Yeah. Um, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of stuff that we've done. Yeah. So, uh, part of this episode <laughs> was going to be just going through all the stuff that we've done. We've been very busy. Yeah. Um, but we did have a topic we wanted to briefly touch on, uh, and I I think we'll talk more about this later. But it's been some stuff people have a- been asking about. Yeah. This is actually it's something that's very vague to me because I understand the general concepts. I don't understand the day to day with it mm-hmm. uh, because I just haven't had to deal with it. Because uh, back when I was still pushing code it was off of the old uh dev stack mm-hmm. and i have no idea what this <laughs> shit does anyways it's called docker right yeah and if you do development it docker is kind of the hot new shit and if you know if if you're doing any kind of web development you're or a lot of development in general um you've probably heard of docker or, or used it like a ton of people are using it um but uh and you can use it for all kinds of things you can use it for you know one-off uh, tasks you need to do. You can use it for, you know, running whole production server farms. Um, but for us, we started out, we dipped our toes in, um, and we're using Docker on a much larger scale. We're working on it, uh, um, for, you know, new production environments and stuff. But currently I just wanted to talk about, uh, how we use Docker for our dev environments, because like you said, when you were coding back in the day, uh, at, well, back until pretty recently, actually, we only did this like a year or less than a year ago, um, everything was installed on your local PC. Like anybody who set up a dev environment on their, not PC, I guess Mac (laughs) in our case, but if you ever set up a local dev environment, you know how much of a nightmare it can be. Like, especially, especially when you're running, like when we started PHP 5.4, which was a, from a deprecated bundle that was hosted by, some random dude named uh Raul. What? <laughs> uh that's Raul. I think I guess. If you use uh if you use homebrew and and have used old PHP versions, it's probably the same I forget his name. Anyway, it's but it was like some personal like I remember my first day working here. It's like, okay, you need to tap this uh homebrew keg that you know, homebrew which is how you you can it's an easy way to install packages on a Mac. Yeah um super easy and yeah i can do it yeah and but you have to tap it's called tapping a cask Uh, uh, you have to tap a custom homebrew cask on this guy's personal like uh repository to get the php version that you need to run the site like should i take him out to dinner first (laughs) like what (laughs) but i was like whoa this is this is how like gamespot.com runs (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway that, are that's, we allowed to do this? <laughs> that's uh, that's long in the past. That that those okay. days are over. Um, uh, well, those days were over before we switched to Docker. But Docker does help with that. Um, so yeah, those old dev environments, like you know, you had to install nginx and PHP and Grunt and uh, like, like like the Guzzle checklist was. And, I think it was like three pages printed. Yeah, and like Node.js, like all this stuff that is required for not just our web stack, but you know, we have, there's all these other 
peripheral services that run um, to to run the site or run the search indexing or run all the, any all this other stuff. Um, so you had you had to install this litany of things um, to get the site running or to get pieces of the site running. Uh, you know, Redis and Memcat, like you, the list goes on and on, like all the stuff that runs the site. And for the longest time, we just installed that all locally. You just installed it on your damn Mac. And it sucked. <laughs> and yeah, and it was a pain in the ass. And every every time a new person started here, it's like, all right, let's go through the, go through the documentation on how to install an environment. And the first time you hit an error, just call one of us and we'll walk over and help you figure it out. Which was the worst, by the way, because when I started, like, I knew HTML and CSS, a little bit of JavaScript. Like, I understand PHP. <laughs> I totally do. That's where it stops. Yeah. And fucking, I had to call over either you or Joe <laughs> constantly. It was like every 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it was like that for a week because everything kept breaking. Yeah. Or someone would install, what what was the oh, the Mac OS at the time? OS X, a, a tall Snow man. Leopard or whatever it was Oh, at the yeah, time. yeah. It was like Large Cat. Yeah. Okay. When you, whenever you, anyone would install like Lion or whatever, it's like, wait, why'd you install? Oh, but your whole environment's broken. Yeah, we've never installed it on that OS. Like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. anyway yeah um first off i do want to say uh i i realized there were ways to do this before docker and uh <laughs> yes we were kind of i don't think we were dumb we were just we just like had duct tape and band-aided like we never had it's hard to get these efforts together like when you first set up an environment right mm-hmm. it's really straightforward like all right install php install these these services and get it running done and then you add something, then a package updates or something gets deprecated or, and like these slowly death by a thousand cuts of, a, of different things happen. And before you know it, you have this Frankenstein system, you know, the, these sites have been running for years on this stack. Like you have this Frankenstein system that has been neglected and every once in a while you just got to reboot and you got to start over. Um, I'm sorry. It's not Frankenstein. It's Frankenstein's environment. I just want to make <laughs> that clear. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, so our solution when we wanted to to do this, like how can we solve some of these problems? Um, and really we wanted to take the onus off of the individual, like when we hire an associate web developer, like we which, don't, which you're looking for, by the which way. we're, yeah. Uh, uh, CBS interactive careers, look it up. <laughs> we're, uh, <laughs> so hiring an associate web developer. Um, we don't want to have this, 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 you know, relatively inexperienced person. Like it's a, it's an entry level position, we don't want to hand them this stack of documentation and say, figure it out, get your environment running. Um, So we wanted to change that burden from, uh, you know, the new person coming into our experienced engineers who set up our environment. Right. And what Docker is, is it's, um, it's, it's called, it's containerization, right? You're basically creating what's called a container um, which is essentially a tiny OS, like a very basic Linux kernel that has just the bare minimum to get an, an OS running. And then you build off on top of that, right? So you can take oh. a base image. So uh, you take a base container image that's, you know, CentOS X or, you know, Ubuntu version X, whatever, with just the bare minimum. And then you build on that and you install packages. Um, you install Nginx and PHP, the version you need. You get uh, you get that installed and running, and then you uh, create that container, right? The, that image, um, uh, and you save that image to a repository, and uh, it's stored in like 
a really cool way. You should, I don't want to get into all, all right now, but essentially it's stored in a, in a way where you can keep iterating on this and you can keep uh, checking in changes and you can, you know, build these containers over time um, and version them. And, you know, you can have a whole history of every change to your environment, right? Like every time you upgrade PHP, it's like, oh shit, something went wrong. It's like, okay, just version back to the old container, right? Oh, okay. And it, and it saves this, your progress over time without like worrying about, you know, oh, you got to download these 16 bundles and they have all these dependencies. Like, no, it's all sealed in your container and your container's ready. So it's supposed to be more like, I guess, modular in a sense where like what you were saying, like there's all these dependencies on other like mm-hmm. little just chunks of things. Right. But this is supposed to be so self-contained that if you take it out and replace it with another thing, it's basically like a plug and play sort of situation. Yeah, yeah essentially. So you're basically, there are these tiny VMs that theoretically, if you, you took a PC and you imaged it, mm-hmm. like, or, or a, a VM and you imaged it, and you could, te- you could put that image in cold storage and take it out a year later and it would still work, assuming the VM host still works, right? Like, like, is it more of just like, instead of looking for a specific version that is um, used in another thing that is dependent upon, and like, it's all these very specific contingencies, it's more mm-hmm. like, you need PHP, just generally. Well, I mean, you you can build your container however you want. So if, you're, if your PHP container needs... Uh, you, you try to make these... So I think the general rule, and I'm not a Docker expert, I... You know, I'm not trying to pretend that like I, I, our guy, one of our, one of our engineers on the team, Steve is the one who built all these containers. He's the real expert. Um, I, he's real good. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, so thankfully I, I haven't had to dive super deep into this, but I know the general gist. Um, but essentially I think you want to run your containers usually around a single process, right? You, you want a single, you want your container to be dependent on a process. And if that process dies, you can spin up another container with that process. It, basically, it's your container is centered on a single thing, right? Mm. Um, and and then you kind of build the dependencies you need um, into that container. Um, so more, it's just like, so for example, um, uh, oh, oh bef- yeah, actually, you know, I'll, I'll go deep into that. So, so for example, to run a, <laughs> to run a, uh, dev environment now you install docker hub or uh, docker uh, i guess it's just called docker desktop um, for mac uh, you just install this thing it's this host that has a kind of built-in vm um, and then you pull our container images uh, with a command and then you say compose and docker compose up and then it takes all these images it downloads them it, it gets the specific snapshotted version of the stuff that we know that works downloads it to your machine starts them all up and they can all communicate with each other and then your environment's just running so theoretically you install docker on a mac on windows as long as it's a docker host you can run it anywhere uh and then you just say start and then it just downloads all these dependencies and then it's just there and running um so i have a quick question around mm-hmm. that so like you were talking about on mac you could just use homebrew and it's just kind of like there and mm-hmm. you can kind of plug and chug and do what do what you need to do is that like something that's specific to mac like do we originally did we have different setup instructions depending on the os that you were installing on before docker we couldn't install on i mean or you probably could get it working but we had no documentation like you had to run it on a mac like that was our previous environment is like yeah uh you run it on a mac 
That's oh, so like end if, of somebody, story. <laughs> if somebody wanted to like have just like a fucking Linux machine, just because you just could make it work, but we didn't provide documentation for you. Now you just yeah, hey, install Docker for OS, whatever you're using, yeah, and uh, run the same, you know, get the image commands and start it up, and you're good to go. Okay. Uh, the only difference being like, you know, your host file, you have to change your host file and things like that, which is different slightly on each thing. So, but like the, like the amount of effort and documentation need to go yes. like from one OS to another was comparatively minimal. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, the other cool thing about Docker is, is it kind of has an internal network. Uh, so you can, all the containers can speak to each other from within the Docker, uh, environment. Uh, and you can, you can put all kinds of rules and, and firewall restrictions in place to, to minimize that if you, if you want to, but by default, you know, uh, we basically start our dev environments, uh, you know, every morning we will come in like, Hey, start everything up. It starts a PHP Nginx controller. It's or a controller container, uh, a Redis container, a memcache container, a Beanstalk container, which is a uh, queuing system, uh, elastic search container and, and a couple other little things which are all the components to make our site work. And because of the way uh, the networking is set up and the way Docker Compose builds all these things together, they can all talk to each other. They all just know where they are. Um, and then all we have to do is expose uh, the proper ports in there, in there and then edit your host file. And there you have your whole environment up and running mm. inside this little, these tiny little VM, this infrastructure. So, um, that's kind of the power for us. Docker has a lot of powers uh, to, to simplify or to change a lot of workflows. Um, and, you know, in a future episode, I think we'll talk about how running Docker in like a production live environment. But once we learn about that and once we go through uh, the pitfalls <laughs> and, and successes potentially of that, uh, we'll talk about that. But yeah, for now, what what the real benefit has been is we've really simplified our dev environments. We've simplified, like our site now is just a couple commands away from running on any machine, wow. which is which is powerful for us. Like a, for a site for, and that's three sites. That's that's GameSpot, Giant Bomb, and Comic Vine. In a few commands, you can have those things up and running and you can start editing code in like a few minutes, which I think is, is super powerful for stuff as complicated as what we're building. But also just like there's realistic... Uh, scenarios where if somebody's computer just totally kicks the bucket or just mm -hmm. gets dropped in a toilet, natural stuff. Um, <laughs> like for you to have to set up a new endeavor, dev environment on a new machine back in the old days was you lost at least a day. Yeah. And now it's basically like as long as you install the, mm -hmm. the, the Docker app basically yeah. and they just like run everything, you're, you're good to go. And it eliminates a lot of problems we used to see where like Hey, it works on my machine. Why doesn't it work on your machine? It's like, uh, yeah. oh, well, you're running a different, slightly different version of memcache. Like, why didn't you upgrade that? Like, it's like, no, everybody is on the same thing. We're all working on the same exact images. Yeah. Um, and, you know, once we get into production and stuff, then that even becomes like, no, you're running the same stuff that's in prod. Like, you can really test, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because our prod environments aren't running on Macs, right? They're running on, you know, Linux servers and, and VMs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But eventually you know, everything's running in these containers and you want to pull the prod container and, and run it locally and, and try and debug like you can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's the really cool thing for us is it, it's, it was simplification and it was repeatability and, and that stuff was super, and then Docker does a million other things, but for us, that was the biggest win we got like right off the bat. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, this is a stupid question. 
very stupid, but I've worked in places in the past where, uh, like if you got a new computer or if like you're a new hire, they basically image or re-image a computer just based off of like the default of whatever the thing should mm-hmm. have. So like a partic- particular set of like software, blah, 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 yeah. like security stuff. Uh, how similar is this to that? Is it like, is, cause that's more of like working within the, like the OS, like Mac OS. Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty, so you could definitely do, like I said, when I was talking about like how, you know, our process was pretty archaic, you could, we could have pretty easily back in the day, like, all right, one of our experienced engineers build, like get a fresh install, like create an image of it. And then when a new person comes in, they just get that image. Uh, you know, problem with that is you have to keep that image up to date. And every time there's an OS upgrade, you know, it's all that shit. But yeah, it's it's fairly similar to that. You can think of it as as these snapshots. But, um, okay. you know, instead of snapshotting, the, I think the good thing about Docker is instead of snapshotting this entire environment, your entire OS, your entire MacBook, basically, um, or your entire web server, you're snapshotting little... Uh, atomic pieces that can then like okay we need to upgrade php from you know we're not on five four anymore you know we're on seven dot whatever that's what i say like we're on five point seven <laughs> yeah no um uh you're on seven dot one dot one and you need to upgrade to seven dot one dot two it's like you don't have to recreate all these it was like okay update the docker container for php mm. uh push that into your existing environment test it like with the other containers already running just plug that piece in test it does it work okay so just in our production just whoop, swap that in and there you go that's you know it's it's just a lot easier than you know dealing with these monolithic uh things i felt like we did that in the past too when we upgraded to php it was like well one it naturally it's a lot of testing because mm-hmm. of course you should but it just felt like it it was more of a substantial effort than what you just just described because it sounds like oh like if everything is good to go then fucking yeah yeah, because, you know, in the, in the past, upgrading PHP is like, okay, go, you know, run these, you know, I don't know. Usually we would set it up on a VM. Uh, you know, you do like a, you put one VM with PHP 7 into your web farm uh, and then watch the error rate on that specific machine to like kind of smoke test it in production mm-hmm. um, and then slowly increase that from one VM to ha- to, you know, 10 VMs or then half of your VMs and then eventually you make it to all the way, but... Yeah, there's different ways of doing that, but um, the containers just really make these little atomic changes uh, a little more sane, uh, especially when you're dealing with a system that requires, you know, all these different pieces to run and run three different sites and all this stuff. Yeah, speaking of all this, though, uh, the the other laptop, Mm -hmm. one that I don't usually use, uh, it still has my old, old, old dev environment on it. Like it just sits there. I, I I left mine on there for posterity's sake. Like I think I could technically run my old like PHP five four with an old version of the code like, oh, just to check man. it out. Um, yeah, because I was thinking about it because I actually had issues. Uh, it was at the tail end of me doing any sort of coding is when we started playing with Docker, and I actually had that set up. Mm-hmm. And I was in Canada, and I was like, "Why the hell is my Docker thing not working?" <laughs> I don't understand this. And like, I think the thing that I didn't understand is that you had to like turn everything off basically at the end of the day and then like turn it back on. Yeah. You don't have to, but, uh, yeah. I, the, the one thing about Docker and like Docker desktop, the, the thing for Mac is like still got some bugs and still, still got some issues. Like it's a, it's a kind of cutting edge thing. So yeah. for me, I left it on over the, if you leave it on over the weekend, you come back as like, 
I don't know what you're talking about. There's no containers here. It's like, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. find anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like I, it was, I was talking with Steve over Slack one day mm-hmm. uh, because it was like early in the morning. Nobody else was up nor at the office. And I was like, it's, it's saying that nothing exists. Uh, <laughs> what? I, I just got to make like CSS stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but that was also like, that was like two years ago. So it's probably, it's still, you know, um, the Docker in production stuff, like the Docker running on like, you know, we will talk eventually about Kubernetes and and running containers in production on these like massive web farms. That shit's pretty well sorted. Um, <laughs> it's it's running Docker desktop on your Mac. Uh, I think they just reached version one, like not that long ago. Oh, like, you okay. know, there it's yeah. it's still it's still in progress. <laughs> so um, dev environment Docker can still be a little a little funky, but okay. Oh, actually, on there they're on version two now. Oh, I just looked at it on my Mac. Oh, anyway. <laughs> moving fast man so i guess yeah whenever you guys do more with it then probably chat yeah no i definitely want to go much deeper into especially kubernetes and like this these orchestration workflows like they're it's super cool stuff and especially i think it's useful like one thing i was super excited about when i started here is you know i had only ever worked on you know my previous job here i was working on a university website um I was an engineer for a university and, you know, we ran the university website on three kind of beefy VMs, like, but that was enough for our, you know, regional university. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's going to be cool to like, let's, what does it take to run a global, you know, million uniques, multi-million uniques a month site? Um, and, and so it was really cool to learn that stuff. And I just think that's where we can you know, once we get a handle on this, like running these massive Kubernetes environments with, you know, all these users and all this traffic, uh, I think that'd be really cool to talk about, but I want to get a better grasp on it before, before I talk about that too deep on the show. Cause, uh, cause I'm still a little scared. <laughs> Look, all I know is that I keep hearing the word Kubernetes over the years mm-hmm. and like all that tells me is that that sounds like a hellhound <laughs> where like everybody's talking about Kubernetes. I'm like, what is it like a three headed? Uh, yeah, that's like, gotta be a mythology thing, right? I actually don't know where the, what the, where the name comes from. Um, but I also like, I just kind of won it with the spelling. Yeah. Just like kind of swung for the fences and yeah. I actually got pretty close, but K eight, you can call it that. Cause it's K and then eight letters after that. And K eights is what people call it. That's they call it Kate. K eights. Yeah. That's what the cool kids call it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, that's enough talk about containers and DevOps and all that stuff. Yeah. We'll talk about that again sometime. But man, as long as it helps get shit up quicker than taking like a whole week for me back in the day, then it yeah. sounds great. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, yeah. Do you want to go to questions? We only have a few. Yeah, we got a few. So actually, there. So I looked back on a. We neglected on uh, a couple episodes ago the the Shadow Giant Bomb episode where we talked about a bunch of chat stuff. Or sorry, infinite stuff. Um, we missed a couple, a, a ton of questions there, uh, but there were way too many. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, we could cherry pick. A few. We'll cherry pick a few, but um, we had a couple that on the on the last episode that I wanted to. Yeah. So at least. so first one, um, Will. Yeah. Have you guys heard about unit tests? <laughs> yeah, so I think on the on, uh, no, what, what are the no uh, <laughs> on the on the last episode we talked about um, what did we talk about? We talked about uh, like E three setup and how like there's so many different things to test and all this stuff and 
and you know we got a couple uh a couple of responses that were you know tongue-in-cheek like have you guys heard of unit tests like you know i was like <laughs> yes we have and and i'll be the first to admit like you know no no engineering group is perfect and uh we definitely need to improve our testing like that's that i think that's my biggest goal right now is like we need to start start with you know feature integration testing like we we have a bunch of stuff right now but it's by no means comprehensive it's not a um you know i'll be i'll be the first to admit it's not a culture here of like we don't do tdd we don't do test-driven development we don't you know we we've never really really prioritized testing which is a mistake i mean i you know that's i'm not saying we're we're the best engineers ever we're definitely not um, and I mean, I think so, <laughs> but I, I do think there's, I mean, there's always ways to improve it. As long as you can identify those and work towards them, I think that's fine. And, and we are, we've identified that, you know, Hey, our, our unit tests are not comprehensive at all. And they do solve a lot of these problems. The problem is they solve a lot of these problems after you have like great coverage and proper, you know, uh, proper dependency injection everywhere, right? Yeah. The problem, I mean, the problem with these old sites is like, well, not old. They're not old sites. The problem with these like code bases that you've been iterating on for years is not everybody over the years has done proper dependency injection and built the services in a way that can be easily unit tested. So we're working through these things piece by piece, and and new stuff that we're developing, we're properly building unit tests and things when we can, and but there's all this old stuff and there, you know, a lot of the core of the site is built on the stuff that is really hard to decouple in a way that makes proper unit testing and proper things hard. So are we working on it? Yes. Are we going to get there tomorrow? Fuck no. Like we, you know, <laughs> Fuck that. tomorrow's Friday. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> no. Um, I mean, but that's also a job where somebody could sit there dedicated to just that yeah. 40 hours a week. And there's going to be more than enough work for them for a long time. So it's not like something that's, yeah. well, we all, everybody is, most people, that are, most people that are listening to this know that it's not a trivial thing. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, of course we know what a unit test is. But <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I'll be the first to admit, like, this is, this is an area of improvement that we need to make. And, you know, it's, we don't have a dedicated QA team. We, you know, the engineers are the QA team here. Ooh, me too. <laughs> well, I, I do well, like yeah, the front yeah, facing. Yeah. You, you yeah. QA as well. Um, and you know, so we we've got way, areas to improve, and uh, but yeah, we've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know what? It's on the to do list. <laughs> it's on the to do yeah, list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, somebody else was just generally tech debt. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, it was basically like it, it, this was a long question. I summarized it as tech debt, and uh, basically they were asking, "How do you handle tech debt?" and so, tech, you know, technical debt is like all the cruft and shit that builds up on these old systems over the years. The, the simplest way that I describe it is like it, when somebody's working on something and they say, I'm going to f- deal with that later. Right. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. The, w- it's the to-dos, like to-do colon uh, make this not suck in your code base. Like it's the stuff when people check in that Wait, code. Were you checking my fucking comments <laughs> again? Um, but yeah. So how do we deal with that? So essentially... Um, we, I think we've gotten lucky here. We have a, a product and editorial team that understands that tech debt is a thing that needs to be addressed, right? No matter how good you are as a as an engineering group, you're going to build up some tech debt over time and, and these things you need to fix. So what we've negotiated is every third sprint, so three product sprints, uh, product sprints being just like, 
you know, features on the site, like new things we need to build. It's, it's the practical designs. stuff that yeah. like the things that we want to be able to do to the stuff that the users will notice and will drive the, the company and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then on the fourth sprint after those three is a, is a tech debt sprint. Um, uh, which so is for a, us that like over those four sprints is basically a couple of months. Yeah. So, um, so that tech debt sprint is two weeks of what do, what do the engineers think is the highest priority thing we need to clean up we need to fix we need to get rid of this crap we need to migrate from the old css uh, architecture to the new one the you know all that stuff so so that's kind of how we handle it here it's not a perfect system because inevitably during those two weeks like oh shit we have a priority one this advertising campaign came through you need to build this thing right <laughs> so it never happens <laughs> mm. so you can never hold to it hold fast to it but you know if you have a good relationship with the people asking for that stuff, you can, you can say like, okay, yeah, well, obviously we'll do that stuff. You know, we're not, I, I think the worst thing an engineering team or an engineering lead can do is just be like, you know, be a, a jackass about like business needs. Like, yeah. like, Hey, we need this things like, Hey, it's a tech sprint. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, no, this is our time to do this. Like, no, we never do that. It's we're just like sacred. <laughs> okay. Cause, cause you, you give and take, right. We'll say like, Look, it's tech sprint, so obviously this needs to be done. We'll do it. Um, just give me a little extra time in the next product sprint. Let this person be a little more freed up to do some some of this tech debt that they needed to do. Yeah. Um, and as long as you address it that way, and as, you, as long as you're not an ass, like, you know, people understand. Yeah, um, I mean, like, that's the best way to go about it, too, because if somebody has to be pulled off of a tech sprint to do something that's product-driven or whatever-driven, mm -hmm. business-driven... Um, that stuff that is tech debt most likely is something that's on the back of their mind. Mm -hmm. So if they have to wait even longer to be able to address that, like that, that's going to affect them as a person. So mm -hmm. yeah, of course we should give them the space to do that. And thankfully that's exactly what our team does. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's, you know, tech debt is, you need to work with the, uh, the people who are making the decisions on the, on the site, on the business level, you need to make them understand what it is um, and, and why it's important to address. And, you know, if, if you're not an asshole about like adhering to it, uh, adhering to your strict timelines or like it's, you know, as long as you make it known what it's for and that it's really to benefit, like, it's not like engineers like working on tech debt. So they just want to do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Engineers want to build new shit, but good engineers know when the shit needs to be cleaned up. I think it's just like a normal human thing too, that like you kind of want to just ebb and flow on the stuff that you're working on. So yeah. you don't want to be doing the same thing over and over and right. over again, unless you're Steven and you just want to do like, you know, mm -hmm. that thing <laughs> that he does. Yeah. Who knows? He fuck, he fucking nails it too. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. It. pretty much it. So there was actually a, a question that's related to what we talked about earlier, but I think it's in a, a different perspective and it's Fargo fallout. Who's asking, um, just generally about Docker, because of course there's different ways and methods and languages and everything that you could do this in, but why specifically is, uh, Docker so valuable or yeah. salient or whatever? Because like, as, aside from like how you do it, essentially there's multiple methods. Yeah. So basically the gist of it, his question was just, um, what, why use Docker? What's appealing about it other than it being like the hottest new shit on the market right yeah um and yeah just being hot and new is not a reason to do something but i think we went over the first so fucking just that that's that's <laughs> that's a clip right there anyways yeah. <laughs> uh yeah i think 
<laughs> God damn it, you derailed my whole train of thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck was I saying? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just we we over we went over like the reasons it was really beneficial for us, right? Like the simplification of a very complex environment for um, our dev environments. Um, and then, you know, I think this this separation of concerns and the separation of of what things do is is really important. But and then I think later on we'll talk about in a future episode like what it does for us in production and how using these Docker containers to scale uh, dynamically and to um, you know to really compartmentalize like each part of your complex app. I, that's where it it's hard to talk about in like a a quick way, but um, I think you know talking about it for the, a lot of this episode and then talking about it in future episodes, I think it'll become apparent eventually. Like it's kind of abstract. So it takes a while to get why it really benefits. Um, it's like, why do I want a bunch of tiny VMs running? It's like, well, there's a lot of reasons and they're not super obvious in some cases, you know? Yeah. Because like, I don't know, from a non-technical perspective, to me, originally it just felt like it's a process change. It's just like how you set everything up, but mm -hmm. it's not just that. It's also like more technical. Yeah, it's it's almost the change of like from, you know, programming, you know, in one file and functions to object oriented. And now you're separating things out and inheriting, you know, it's it's kind of this abstract concept of it's not better because it's faster. It's not better because it's simpler it's better because of a lot of kind of complex and nuanced reasons right yeah um anyway yeah like you could do i guess going off of that example you could do functional programming for yourself and it's going to work and it could do exactly everything that you needed to do but mm -hmm. once you need like multiple people to work on that right. then that and becomes... and once your environment gets a little too complex then you need to start thinking about these other things yeah. right yeah yeah so um Interesting. Also, uh, going back, so the person who was asking about unit test, uh, Fraggle Rock one, thank you. Mm -hmm. And then also Refugee for the technical debt oh, yeah. question. Um, but yeah, we have even more in here. Holy cow. Yeah, uh, I think we'll, uh, there was one person who commented on not the last episode, but the episode before, Silence, with, with a bunch of questions. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, and those are all really good questions. And I think we'll get to those eventually, but this episode's already running long. So I think we'll stick to this, this last question that, um, Calamondo, I think, asked in the last episode, which is, it's probably a mundane thing, uh, but the thumbnails and background images would be an interesting topic. Uh, and then he went on a little bit about like, you know, resize, like basically, you know, image processing is a whole thing, right? And that's, that's actually a yeah, pretty interesting is. topic. Like, you know, when we have, you know, when Vinny uploads an image, you know, he will upload like a fucking massive, you know, you know, 10 megabyte image of that's like out right out of Photoshop or, or something that's fucking 320p. Well, yeah, that's a separate issue. <laughs> we can't do anything about that. If you upload a 320p image, there ain't nothing we can do to make that better. That, that's style. Okay. <laughs> that's just, that's a choice, right? Um, but if you upload a giant one, we have to resize it and we have cropping tools and, and all this other stuff and this whole process and this whole system just to deal with images that need to be uh, presented in all these different formats across the site. So um, yeah, that's an interesting topic. Uh, and Maybe we'll cover it on a future episode, but because we it's it's a pretty big topic because, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things you need to do, all kinds of considerations, uh, image formats and, you know, you start getting into fucking JPEG 2000 and, uh, 
What are the other new ones? Uh, there's there's been a billion new image Andre formats. Three thousand and, <laughs> and gifs and or I I will call it gif till my grave. But gifs and I now work with multiple people that say gif and it fucking terrifies I know. me. I, I don't That's know just wrong. Yeah, I don't care what the inventor says. <laughs> He's fucking wrong. It's not <laughs> peanut butter. Anyway. Um, so yeah, but, uh, we'll talk about that in, in more depth probably another time. Maybe we'll get uh, the the person who Ido uh, who who did a lot of the the image work on our site. Maybe we'll we'll get him on. Oh yeah, yeah, because he's also had some stuff that he's had to like adjust along the way recently too. So yep, we're constantly building on that system. So yep. But oh man, goddamn, we're almost there. Yep. E3. E3. 2019. We'll be there. We'll both be there on site. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm actually stoked because I get to be there for all three nights. Yeah, uh, for the at night stuff. So I'm actually very excited. Usually, I only go down for like a day. Yeah. So look for us on the on the guest cam. We'll be milling about. You yep. won't see my head as always, but uh, also, I'd fuck. I'm not gonna drink as much this year. <laughs> like I don't fucking care who says what. No. On the last day, come on. Uh, no. <laughs> no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So we'll be there if if uh, if you're going to E3 and you see a, a tall dude walking around the show floor, yeah, or a generic generic bald white guy, yeah. uh, because we're so rare. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you you'll, you have a good chance if if the person is over six eight, you have a good chance of either uh, finding me or Ben. So either way, come say hi. <laughs> if not, it's probably somebody in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Man, okay. Well, let's wrap it up and. Uh, Go home. Yeah. I yeah. I guess I'd, I'll go home. I don't know. Uh, what yeah. else do you got to do? Uh, well, we have two cores lights left. So, so. <laughs> not, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Oh, anyway, thanks for uh, listening to the Giant Devcast. Yeah. Oh, uh, and also, as always, if you have any questions, concerns, oh, yeah. quandaries, queso dip, anything like that, just hit us up on the comments of this episode is where we usually look. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause it's either that or fucking, I don't know, carrier pigeon, send a Raven Twitter. Oh wait, Game of Thrones isn't, a you thing can't anymore. use Game of Thrones yeah. references anymore. It's, it's bad now. Uh, <laughs> we're out on Twitter though. You can tweet us too. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Send anyway. a tweet. We're rambling now cause we're a few beers deep, but, uh, fuck it. I'm going out. No, <laughs> I just, whatever. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>